You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Good morning. Hi, Alex Ruggieri here, and thanks for joining us today. I have got a wonderful show lined up for you, and we're going to start right out talking with Doug Jones. He is a proprietor of a consulting group called Process Renovation Consulting, Inc. Welcome. Thank you, Alex. I'm enjoying being here. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I've wanted to do this for a long time, as you know. And uh, kind of nudging you, hey, come on the show because this is great stuff. Um, I I just find that people are um, in need of more and more help. I mean, so much is happening in business and the landscape changes. It seems like, you know, every we used to think every nine months for computers, it was new technology. Now it's like every nine weeks or something. So um, I think people really need what you do. But let's tell folks, what is Process Renovation and what do you do? Well, thanks, Alex. Um, So we are a partnership of three who provide services to companies and nonprofits to help them gain perspective on, on what they're doing and figure out how they need to modify that to accommodate the changes that are always coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love that because that's just what my whole point was. It changes. If there's one thing that we can be sure of and certain of is that things will change. That's true. And that's why, um, well, just yesterday we did a workshop at the Champaign Public Library yeah. on the topic of the road to the $15 minimum wage. Yeah, which is coming. Which is coming. It, the law passed. It's been signed. Yep. Uh, it's not a matter of if, and it's even not a matter of when. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of what are you going to do about it. Yeah, good point. So, you know, we had a, a very good conversation yesterday where we presented uh, the timeline for it, mm-hmm. talked about what makes employees valuable, what type of ramifications this change will have in our society. Mm-hmm. And then we, we spent most of the time talking about seven specific strategies for a business owner or the executive director of a nonprofit to take to deal with this mm-hmm. because the wages are going up. They're going mm-hmm. up 21% in the next 12 months. Wow, it, it really. So how, what is that timeline? How does it go? So there's increase uh, What's in the minimum January? wage today? Minimum wage today is 8.25. Okay. Goes up to 9.25 in 6 months, then it goes up to $10 an hour a year from now. Wow. And then it goes up a dollar per year for the next five years. Wow. So by so 2025, like years. No, six years. Okay, yeah, six by years. 2025, we'll be at a $15 minimum wage. Wow. Now, in, of course, that's not the only thing that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Because right now, there are lots of people uh, who hire people at 10%, 20%, 30% over minimum wage to get the type of workforce they need. Mm-hmm. So not only is the minimum wage going up, but all of the tiered wages above that will go up as well. All boats rise with the tide. Right. Now, it probably won't change uh, high-income earners Mm -hmm. immediately, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, It's not going to really change their pocketbook. Mm -hmm. But one of the big effects is when you put money in the hands of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, Mm -hmm. they spend it. True. Okay, so we're going to see an increase in consumer spending. You think so? That's actually a positive thing. It's a positive because there will be more disposable income for retail, for food, for restaurants. And so I think we'll see a definite increase at that part of the economy. Now, somebody who's in a... That's really, really uh, insightful on your part. It makes me think of what happened with Henry Ford and everybody told him he was crazy for paying people $5 a day or whatever it was. Yep. And before you know it, here was this huge built-in workforce 
that was then turning the economy around in the United States because they were making good wages. Yep. Well, and you, you remind me of a Henry Ford story. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when they were first making the cars, they were getting engines from a source. Mm-hmm. And the engine manufacturer decided to save a few bucks by retooling how they were packaging them. Okay. And Ford blew a gasket because he was using the cartons for the running boards in the car. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so unintended consequences. Yeah, crazy. Well, he said, if you can save me a nickel on uh, a bolt or a screw, you're saving me a million dollars because they were making so many things, you know, and just one little thing like that could make a big difference. Yep. Yeah, my best friend was in the auto industry for many years, and uh, he was working at Jeep, and he'd made a software change that delayed a hard change to the emission systems for two years. Wow. And they gave him a bonus equal to half his annual salary. Amazing. Because he saved them millions of dollars oh, by avoiding a hard incredible. change. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you get. You were talking about what makes an employee valuable. And yes. And maybe, maybe that, that's kind of a good segue into that. Right, because, well, the fact is you're going to be paying the employees more. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, if you can find ways to make them more valuable mm-hmm. so that their value stays in line with the wage, you win. Mm-hmm. And there's several ways of doing that. So one way of dealing with the wage increase is simply to raise prices. Mm-hmm. Okay, And over time, the cost must be factored in to the price. Mm-hmm. That's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, your customers not, may not be very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you really need to look carefully at your competitors. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be uh, raising your wages in advance of others or after others? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the questions that was asked yesterday is, when should I start increasing my wages? Mm -hmm. When do I have to do this? I mean, yes, I'm going to have the mandatory dates I have to meet, Mm -hmm. but should I anticipate that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very good idea is to think about how you anticipate what's going to happen So it's not a surprise when it gets here. Mm -hmm. So in terms of employee value, we all know that employees have skills. And your skills are a primary reason you're hired in most positions. But the reality is skills can be taught. The other things like output, are you efficient and do you actually put things out? uh, Are you motivated when you show up? Do you have an attitude that raises everybody's attitude around you? Mm -hmm. Do you have an attitude that's a smile Mm -hmm. to the customer? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you adaptable? Okay, can you cover for somebody who calls in? Mm -hmm. Okay, can you be Mm cross-trained? And are you reliable? If I put you on the schedule, Alex, are you going to show up? Yeah, yeah, big deal. (laughs) You know? Especially in the restaurant business and those kinds of uh, labor-intensive businesses. Right. Having somebody not show up is a big problem. Right, because normally, or quite often what happens is, the manager fills in. Right, right. Okay? And what's a manager cost? Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit more. Good point. So, you know, all those different things lead to a need uh, to figure out how can we make employees more valuable. And so we suggested several different strategies. Uh, One strategy is to reduce your turnover Mm -hmm. and to improve your hiring and training. Mm -hmm. So if you improve your hiring and training and hire people for culture as well as skill so that they fit in your organization. Mm -hmm. You know, why do people leave positions? 
it's most often because of their manager. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't have the supportive relationship with the person they have the most contact with. Mm-hmm. And so improving, um, improving turnover quite often is a matter of coaching managers. You know, praise in public, criticize in private. Yeah, right. You know, and if you can increase the manager's affinity for being a good manager, you can keep people. And so what's keeping people worth? They cost thousands of dollars on average to replace an employee between the time. Turnover, training. Turnover, training, overtime for somebody to cover for them, managerial time to cover for them. There's just all these costs that go into it. And those are only going to go up as the minimum wage goes up. Um, So. Then we also talked about how can you get rid of low-value activities, okay? Can you outsource? Now, we all think about outsourcing and call centers and that, but there's a lot of other types of outsourcing. Mm -hmm. Outsourcing is passing work up or down the supply chain. Okay. Okay? So my son, Adam, who is one of my partners, he uh, says that the move from casual dining to fast casual is a way of outsourcing your wait staff to your customer. Okay, so in a fast casual, you go up to the counter and order. Your name's called, you go up and get your food. They're no longer paying wait staff. So that's a form of outsourcing. Mm-hmm. The more traditional form of outsourcing is up the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to use onions. I can buy onions, I can have somebody peel and chop those onions, mm-hmm. or I can buy peeled and chopped onions. Right, right. And if I buy peeled and chopped onions, I'm saving labor within my four walls. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay a premium. They're going to cost a little bit more, mm-hmm. but they're going to have more consistent quality. Mm-hmm. And if I'm using them in a soup or in a dish mm-hmm. where their appearance doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm using them as a garnish on a salad, well, yeah. maybe I want to keep that in-house. Right, right. But it really depends on what you're doing with it. Another thing you can do is you can partner. As you can say, I'm going to partner with somebody who does something similar to what I do, but not competitive. One form of partnering is business associations. You know, join together in the Champagne City Partnership, or the Champagne Chamber of Commerce, or the Abana Business Association. And by forming those partnerships, you're able to have more buying power and being able to buy more aggressively. And get more training. You're having opportunities for education that are inexpensive and readily accessible. Um, Adam also gave the example of a bakehouse in town and a caterer. The bakehouse does great bakery stuff, but they also serve lunch. And at lunch, they want to serve soup. Mm. But they're set up in their kitchen to bake. Mm -hmm. So they partnered with this caterer who provides them soup. And the caterer gets baked goods. Wow. So now the caterer doesn't have to invest in the infrastructure for baking. Oh, yeah. And the baker doesn't have to invest in the infrastructure of making soup. Right. Okay. And now they have the opportunity to co-market, to go to market and advertise the fact that they're this in this partnership and share the marketing cost. Right. Okay. So there's lots of different ways that you can partner to be more efficient about how you get, get things out there. And then the last two things we talked about were simplification and automation. Simplification is the heart and soul of being a process consultant. Okay? We, we look at process. 
we, first of all, come to an understanding, what are, what's really happening here? Mm-hmm. Because if the process is involving multiple people, each person will have their perspective of the process. And maybe management has a perspective on the whole thing, or maybe they don't. Because processes don't come into existence intentionally most often. Mm-hmm. They occur as a reaction to something that happens. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay. That is very true. So as you are creating a bunch of workarounds for problems you encountered, you end up creating your process. That is the process. Right. Yeah. And so stepping back and looking that and looking at that can be incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a project with a first-tier automobile supplier. And we looked at the reporting steps on their shop floor. They had 117. Wow. 117 different times that somebody put pen to paper or did some other form of reporting. Wow. We redesigned that to be 19 steps. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Hey, hold it right there. We have to take a break. This is awesome stuff. We are talking with Doug Jones. He is a consultant and proprietor, founder of Process Renovation Consulting. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this word. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. We're just having a great conversation with uh, Doug Jones, who is a partner in Process Renovation Consulting, Inc. So uh, there's three of you in the partnership. Tell us about that. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Um, Yes. So I have two partners, Adam Kent Jones and Sarah Ellen Jones. And you might notice we all have the same last name. Yeah. And if this was TV, you could see we all look kind of alike. (laughs) So, Alex, I know you know a little bit about this because I know a lot of your family that you work with. That's right. And so a lot of fun sometimes and sometimes you want to jump off a cliff. (laughs) You know, there's the good, the bad. And well, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Adam comes from a background of nearly 20 years in the food service industry. Okay. And so he is a restaurant or food service consultant. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started out way back when as a waiter at an independent living facility. Okay, sure. Uh, He then had quite a bit of time in the pizza business, starting out as delivery driver, working his way up to manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, He then went to work for one of the leading food service providers in the area. Hendrick House. Oh, of course. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Hendrick House, they have that tons. nice building, okay, but they also do the food service at other places like Newman Hall. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they also they have- They thousands every day. Yes. They, they, they have over 200 people, while the school's in session, making food every day. Wow. They're in a lot of um, sororities and fraternities, as well as- um, the Presby House and Newman and their flagship location. So uh, Adam worked in that location and learned an awful lot, had an opportunity to be creative as a chef. Um, He was infamous for his crepe of the week, Mm. creating a different Mm. crepe. Uh, And he also had an opportunity, and we call it an opportunity. So at Hendrick's house, when the students go home in the summer, People from all those different organizations bid into the ones that are 12-month positions. Okay, okay. And so if you don't have, I don't know, I think it was 15 years of experience, 
you get the summer off. Wow. wow, wow. <laughs> so Adam, um, I, I'm really proud of what he did. He decided that he'd take each summer to add a different skill set. Hmm. So he worked as a cook in a Chinese restaurant. Wow. He worked in a cook in a regional burger place. Wow. He uh, worked at a large chain. Mm-hmm. He worked in... Um, just all kinds so of different he's places. he's really seen it all in the food service industry. He has. He has been quite intentional about in hospitality. finding different ways. And then, then he went to work um, at an uh, independent living facility um, and worked in that institutional environment with mm-hmm. institutional food, which is, you know, the, the Hendricks House is one type of experience, the fast casual, the full dining, and then the institutional are different. Mm-hmm. And he really made a study of those to understand what makes them different and what are the different challenges they have. Mm-hmm. Now, my other partner is my daughter, Sarah Ellen Jones. Yes. And Sarah uh, went to the University of Illinois and got a degree in the classics. Oh, how cool. <laughs> I did not know that. And then she decided I'm to impressed. start her own business. Uh-huh. So she started her own business. Uh, people might remember Let Us Get Dirty for You. Yeah, right. It was a landscaping company here in town. Mm-hmm. And she ran that for seven years. Mm-hmm. And while she was running that, she got her MBA from the professional MBA program at Illinois. Cool. Yeah, because I think that's where Noah met her because he went through the professional MBA. Well, that and Noah was a subcontractor. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, because he had his own business. Yeah, Noah, your yeah, son. Leaning Green. Right. Yeah, your son had his own business mowing lawns. And That's Sarah's right. business didn't want to mow lawns. Yeah. There were a lot of people doing that. She yeah, wanted to yeah. do other things that uh-huh. were more high-touch, more personal, working with people. Good. And her client base was largely master gardeners who were older women who still wanted to do it but could use some young hands to help. Right. right. And so she really developed That's a niche. A, a nice niche market mm-hmm. where um you know, one of the favorite things when we'd be training somebody, I actually worked for her while she was doing that cuz I had some time. And uh it was an experience working for your daughter. <laughs> um but uh it helped me and cuz the other work I was doing at the time was campus ministry. Okay. Working with emerging adults. And so okay. it all kind of fit together. Okay. But when she was training somebody, she would teach them to say certain things like, I'm really interested in the story you're telling me. Do you mind if I keep my hands busy while I listen? Mm. Okay. Because you're being hired to split those hostas in two and get them replanted. Of course. But your client has a story to tell. Right. And you love gardening. They love gardening. There's a relationship there. Oh, I, I think you have wonderful conversations when your hands are busy. Yes. I think you really do. And and so the idea of uh, the full service, what is it really you're providing? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're providing, obviously, the service or yeah, the product. I love but that. you're also providing the, the the social aspect of it, the human connection aspect well, of I'll it. Well, I'll tell you, it's, I mean... If you look at, I mean, it's biblical as far as I'm concerned. When, 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 when the master is describing what heaven's like, he's saying, you know, well, it's like everybody's on the ship and they're all throwing their nets in and the nets are full and they're all pulling together. He's describing a family business. <laughs> That's what heaven is like. And I, I relate to that because, like, when my kids were younger, we all... They all had newspaper routes, you know, delivering the News Gazette, actually. And um, we had some of the best times uh, 
folding newspapers, putting them in the bag, because that took about 20, 30 minutes. We had, you know, walking down the street, throwing a newspaper over here, you know, and just talking. And to me, that's a really integral part of when you're working together. What can come out of that when the body is engaged and the mind is set free? Mm-hmm. So, Alex, another thing that I'd like to talk a little bit about yeah. is um, we do a wide variety of projects. Um, but one thing we do that I think might be a little unique is we have a set of one-day consulting projects mm-hmm. where in one day of consulting, we can have a scope and an objective that were agreed to and deliver. So by the time you have completed one of our one-day projects, mm-hmm. we know you you know us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll go on to do something bigger. And, mm-hmm. Okay. But again, that establishing of the relationship is so critical, establishing credibility. Mm-hmm. And we want to do that by keeping our hands busy, mm-hmm. by actually doing something, not telling you what we're going to do, right. but let's actually do a project together. Yeah. You know, so sometimes that um, a mini plan, okay, you have a strategic plan, you have a business plan, you have a marketing plan. Well, in a day, we're not going to take you through the whole process of creating one of those. Mm-hmm. But we can take you through a review. Mm-hmm. And in that review process, you might determine that your business plan is out of date, that it doesn't really reflect where you are today, mm-hmm. where, what your objectives are, and what your workforce looks like in mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. Okay, So we can do a one-day project that's kind of like doing an architectural review. Mm-hmm. It's not a contractor rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's looking at a more strategic level. Mm-hmm. We can also do that with processes. Mm-hmm. We could take a look, for instance, at your process of fulfilling a customer order. Mm-hmm. What are the steps you go through to do that? Right. Okay. Now, we can't redesign the process in one day, mm-hmm. but we can certainly give you a good feel. Is that a place that your investing effort would make a good payoff? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we think that doing these one-day plans is uh, a good way to get together. That's now, great. again, part of our business is, is restaurant. And in the restaurant business, we have uh, four targeted ones uh, where we can take a look at your menu. And is your menu doing what you want it to do? Mm-hmm. Is it getting people to buy the things you want to buy? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want them to buy your signature items. You want them to buy your high-profit items. Mm-hmm. And you want them to buy your high-dollar items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole science to how you lay out a mm-hmm. menu. Interesting. Another thing is um, trace analysis. It's not glamorous. Wow. That's but unique. T- take a trash can at the end of service from the front of house and from the back house and dump it out on a tarp and take pictures of it and see what's there. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you find 35 pounds of French fries in the front of house where people left them on their plate. Mm-hmm. Well, we may not be able to tell you why, but we can tell you you've got a problem with potatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, either they're getting cold or you know, there, there's something about mm-hmm. how or they're not being portion controlled properly. Mm-hmm. You're just putting too many out for people mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, if you, look at the, if you look at the back house, you can look at the romaine lettuce. Mm-hmm. Is it being trimmed appropriately? Mm-hmm. Are you getting all of the valuable lettuce out of the head of romaine? Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's expensive. That's expensive, and now these are again, they're not sexy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but they're a practical way mm-hmm. of taking the temperature of your restaurant mm-hmm. and saying, you know, where are some areas I might 
you know, do I need to do more training in the back? Do I need more training in the front? Do I need to work on portion control? What, what is it I need to do? We can also look at ingredient overlap optimization and on sourcing and portioning. So those are just one-day projects. Yeah, so that's uh, restaurant, obviously, is one of your uh, target customers. What other businesses can benefit from your consulting? Well, I guess that's kind of the good news and the bad news. Okay. Everybody. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, we, we're looking for local businesses that have local control and decision-making authority. Mm-hmm. We're looking for businesses that are doing fairly well. Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones who want to do better. Yeah, they're doing good. They just need to maybe right. take it to the next You know, good is the enemy of great, right? Right. Yeah. And, and again, um, we have, all three of us have experience in the nonprofit sector as well as the for-profit sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we do things like um, board retreats, executive director, um, job description development, uh, I'm the past director of a nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, so we we have those types of experiences. Mm-hmm. And right now, yesterday, we just started a, a new project with a local job shop, mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking at uh, how orders show up, how they get processed in the front, how they get thrown over the wall to manufacturing, and how they get out the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to be looking at. There's different types of things they do within the organization that use different type of machinery. One of them makes a relatively high-priced item, and one of them makes a relatively low-cost item. Mm -hmm. The one that makes the low-cost item makes a new item every 20 seconds. The high-priced item makes a new product in a cycle time of seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So which do you invest more time in? Mm -hmm. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. Mm So yeah, relation to your to your profits too. Well, we're we're about out of time. Uh, if somebody's out there listening and saying, "Hey, this sounds interesting. I need some help." How can they li- find out more information? Uh, well, we are processrenovationconsulting.com. Okay. That is our website. Okay, if you search for process renovation on either Facebook or LinkedIn, you'll find us. Okay. And Keep an eye out. Uh, we're going to be repeating the Road to $15 Minimum Wage se- uh, seminar. Okay. We're probably going to repeat it three or four times this fall. Okay, great. Now is the time. Okay. People are really... Get ready now. Yeah. Yep. It's coming. Okay. Wow. Well, we have been talking with Doug Jones. He is a partner with Process Renovation Consulting, Inc. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, please don't go away. We have much more right after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here, and we have a wonderful interview lined up, second half of the hour. Uh, We have Christy Kamarka here, and she is the proprietor of a uh, store called Texture Home. That's right. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so I, you know, naturally just, I'm just a curious person. I was over at the uh, center, Old Farm, the other day, and I saw color. And (laughs) I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Some colors here. And uh, I forget, I think it was going to the jeweler or something that day. And I just said, I got to go check this out. And um, 
uh, you were there and let me into this beautiful store. Thank you. Yes, it's wonderful for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I'll tell you why I liked it so much. Uh, but um, and, and you offer consulting and decorating and you sell furniture and you sell fabrics and you sell all kinds of really wonderful things. Uh, but one of the reasons I was so attracted to it was because you also carry a lot of local art yes. and artisans yes. and things. And so um, to me, um, that is really wonderful because, uh, you know, I'm in commercial real estate and I've seen people come in and they decorate, you know, the hallways or the conference room of a building and honestly, they're using these prints and, you know, and they, they pick the wallpaper that goes with the color and then they go get a print that has that color in it and this, that and the other thing. And I suppose it's all real suave, <laughs> but it's lifeless yeah. and it's soulless yeah. and it's sterile. And when you're in those spaces, you just don't feel, I don't know, you don't feel alive. And... Um, uh, you know, for me, I would like to see more artisans, more local art. And actually, you're one of the few places in town where, where I mean, there are certainly local artisans and there's certainly local art and you can get it, you know, at different places. But to go one place where you can get furniture and, you know, uh, a table that was made by a local artisan mm. or shelving that was made by a local artisan or artwork that was painted by a local artist and, you know, maybe pick some of these. Uh, that is really what was I thought was really cool. And so I don't know where you came from, but I said, hey, come <laughs> on. Let's talk about this. Let's talk on the show about it. So now I'm doing all the talking and I haven't <laughs> let you say anything. But anyway, I just wanted people to know why I liked it so much because it was really cool. And you were so sweet. and You were nice. And that Thank that's you. important, Thank too. Thank you. So well, that's one of the reason, reasons I'm in retail is because I love people. Yeah, and, and I'm in the store most days of the week, so I get yeah. to interact with people who come in the store. So I feel really lucky to do that, and I also feel really lucky that that we do carry local art, and it sort of happened by accident. I wasn't seeing. Oh, really? It out. Interesting. <clears throat> no, it was not part of the business plan. Um, local artists sort of sought me out one local really? artist in particular the first one was um uh carolyn goldsmith mm -hmm. who is she lives in monticello and she's an oil painter mm -hmm. she does other things mm -hmm. um she's exploring watercolors right now but what we have in the shop are some sketches and some oil paintings and i thought well why not i've, I've i can give her some space here in our shop and we'll we'll see how it goes and it went well which is so exciting to me that not only do we get to feature local art, but like people are buying it and taking people it. People are interested. I think they're it. interested. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think know I am. What what you're speaking about in sort of big public spaces, those lost opportunities yes. to feature local art. Um, yeah, I I would love to see the same thing as you and and people really respond when I t when and we do have things in there that are are mass produced. Uh, but when people find out that we have local art, they really react to it. I, ca I can see their excitement and their connection to it. Yes. Um, so that's been a really fun thing to well, experience and, 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 and to have success with. Yes. And the artisans, I mean, like the fellow that made the table, 
um, and, or the fellow that yeah, made Aaron that. Hyatt. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the the. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to buy that. I've I've already brought my wife <laughs> in to see it. It's extraordinary. Yes, it is, yeah. and um, we're we're working on our budget for uh, a building, and I I've got a place for it. I, I've got a place for it, so hopefully we'll be able to fit that in. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I just think is it gets my juices going, and so I'm not surprised to hear you've had the same reaction, from people. Yeah, 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 people definitely respond to it. Um, Tell me your story now. I mean, how did you get involved in this, and where did you come from? I mean, it seemed like all of a sudden there was that store, and it's not a, <laughs> it's not a small store. This is not a, a little hole in the wall. Yeah, well, our new location store. is much bigger than where we came from, mm-hmm. um, and Old Farm has been great to us. We get a lot of traffic there. I think it's a really nice spot for us. It's a nice collection of complementary yes. shops for us. Yes, so it's, it's and, and good really nicely. Track. Good foot traffic. Yeah, definitely great. And that's how I found there. you. I was just walking right, by. Right. And that's how lots of people have found us since we right. moved there. Um, but I, you know, I, I went to college for business, uh, knowing that I wanted to have my own business, not necessarily knowing what kind of business. And somewhere in my mid to late 20s, I developed an interest in interior design and decorating. And so I had been working, I'd worked for several small companies, which was awesome experience. Um, my business degree allowed me to sort of fit into these small businesses and, and get a lot out of it while, you know, helping them out. But anyway, I was working for a, a small voicemail company and things were rough there and I got laid off and I just went to the yellow pages and I tore out the interior design section. And I started knocking on doors and making phone calls. And and when I got started, I, I, I was working for f- like five different people doing different things. I was working in a sewing workroom. Uh, I was working for a designer that worked out of her home and she worked mostly with residential projects. Uh, I worked for someone who was a shop owner who had a sewing workroom in there. Um, and she actually sold paint in there, too. I learned how to mix paint. Oh, wow. Just Crazy. Funny <laughs> aside. Um, and then over time, I, I narrowed it down to one person who had a retail shop who did design work. And I became her shopkeeper. I assisted her with design work. Um, I helped get her over onto QuickBooks and off of paper. Mm. Um, so, so I did that for her for several years. And then I um, started a family. Oh, good for and you. And at that point, I had um, developed some of my own um, design clients and workroom clients. I was fabricating for my clients and some uh, other designers' clients. So I did that for a few years part-time while my kids were little because I could do it at home. And that worked perfectly for a few years. And then... Um, my ex-husband's job brought us out here to Champaign. I'm from the Philadelphia area. Oh, I was okay. Born I love in, Philadelphia. Yeah, I do, too. Beautiful. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was born and raised in uh, Chester County, um, and then we moved here about 11 years ago. And I didn't work at first because I thought, oh, we'll, we'll end up going back to where we came from. This is a, a, a temporary s- stop for my, my ex-husband's career. Well, we got divorced, Oof. <laughs> and I had to figure out what, what am I going to do to make a living but you here. know what's cool is you stayed i love it when <laughs> good people stay here because we have lots of people that come and go yeah yeah it's and i've seen that in my 11 yeah, years here yeah. yeah yeah it's an interesting community that way yeah um but yeah i really come to love champagne oh, so, so at that point i decided 
now's the time to open a, a shop. I had sort of dreamed about it for a long time wow. of having my own shop. And Stacy Wathen is my creative partner, and she is in the business. She's the one who does all our vintage pieces. Oh in the shop. yes, I was yes. very impressed with those. Yes, yeah, she's that's another very thing that talented. Makes your she's shop an very she's a local artist. Uh-huh. I I don't yeah, often speak of her that her way, but artist. she's she's yeah. definitely an artist. Um, so she was at a spot where she was looking for something to do, and she wanted to join me, and. So where did you start? Where was your initial store? Our first location was down on Windsor Road in Windsor Galleria where Sunsinger is. Oh, yeah, 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 right. That's nice. nice And we were there for four years. Right. And that spot was good to us, Mm -hmm. but it was was time to change locations to see if we could reach more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's kind of far south. But still, I mean, a lot of people go there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were happy to be neighbors with Sunsinger. Yeah, Sunsinger is really cool. Not place. just for the good food. Yeah. <laughs> well, they get lots of foot traffic too. Yeah, they they sure do. They really yeah. do. That's great stuff. So you moved to the new location. You've been there over a year now. Not quite a year. Oh, it was last October. Okay. This October will be October first. Will be one year. Okay. Fantastic. And um, what do you want to tell people out there listening? And they're saying, "Hmm, this is interesting. I check this store. What do you want them to know about?" Uh, your store, other than we've already really hit hard on the local, local aspect, art, of, which yeah. is I love so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, we really focus on being unique. Mm-hmm. You know, we sort of have to, as mm-hmm. a small business, provide something different. Different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's our that's how we survive mm-hmm. um, and thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way I describe it to people is that we carry a mix of new and vintage furnishings. Uh, we have a lot of home decor. We have the local art that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We offer, you know, design services, uh, custom sewing, anything from a pillow to draperies. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, I think one of our main advantages is the, our personal customer service that we can offer. Um, I have this great furniture line of upholstered furniture made in North Carolina, um, and I personally can walk a person through all the steps to choosing their perfect sofa or their perfect chair or their perfect sectional the thing that they're going to love and use and it's going to last and Mm -hmm. they're going to love it and it's going to be their piece Mm -hmm. so i like that i can like i said i like people so i like to work with people that way and help them how does the consulting part of it work do you sit down with them do you go to their home or do you have them come to you how do you do it typically i go to a person's home Mm mm-hmm um, and it, it can vary. Their, their needs can vary so pretty greatly. Some people need a complete room layout. I'm, I'm not a designer, so I don't c- consult on structure. Mm, right, I right. would call myself a decorator. Right. Um, so I can do anything from help them figure out what paint color to use, how to lay out the furniture that they've got, what, to, what should probably go, what should stay. Um, I can do things like... You know, everybody's got all these giant built-in bookcases, and they don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I can help them style mm-hmm. those bookcases. So cool. we generally, 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 we charge an hourly mm-hmm. rate for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, it reminds me of uh, the story they used to tell about Frank Lloyd Wright, um, who was, of course, everybody knows, uh, one of the greatest uh, architects of the. Uh, Nineteenth uh, and twentieth centuries, mm-hmm. uh, but twentieth uh, century, I guess. Uh, but 
when somebody wanted him to design a home, he would go like live with them for like two yeah, weeks. Right. You That's know? the ideal because you want to know who you're designing for, yeah. right? Because you want the project in the end to, to serve and express yes. the client. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, that's really neat that you go and visit them, you know, in their homes. Yeah, and, and the way I do that is I, I, most people don't want to invite me to live with them. <laughs> and I'm not interested in that either. But I do ask a lot of questions and yeah. I do a lot of listening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd want Frank Lloyd Wright sleeping <laughs> on the couch. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, he'd probably ha- he'd have his cape and he'd pull it over him, I guess. But uh, anyway, um, I I just think it's wonderful. I, I love what you're doing. And I, I, I don't want to gloss over the vintage furniture thing because we touched on it. But um, the thing I liked about that, what is your partner's name? Stacy Wathen. Stacy. She takes pieces um, that are older pieces, vintage pieces, but then she adds her own kind of, uh, you yeah. know, her signature. Genius. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. incredible, and they're they're in a way they're new pieces, even right. though they're yes. old pieces. They certainly have new life. Yeah, yeah, they have all new life, and they have all uh, a whole new profile, and uh, they have the vintage look, but they have a kind of right. uh, avant garde feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Kind of neat. She's really good at what she does. She's really good at picking a piece, seeing what it can be, choosing her color. Um, well, even the hardware. Pieces unpainted, changing the hardware, yeah. keeping the original hardware. Like all those decisions that she makes yeah. in the end are, are a piece of art, Yeah, really. Yeah, she's really good at what she does. Well, um I guess we're about out of time, but before we go, can uh, you share with folks how they can reach out to you or how they can learn more? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're on Facebook. Okay. We are on Instagram. Great. Texture Home is the business name. Yep. Uh, we are located in Old Farm Shops, um, and you can Google us and and find other and, ways and to what days are you too. open down there if they just wanted to like me just walk in well at the moment we're open every day of the week monday through friday we're open 10 to 6 saturdays okay. we are open 10 to 5 okay and sundays 11 to 3 okay outstanding i would highly recommend if you have any interest at all in uh adding uh some real soul to your decorating it at home uh, or if you have a commercial building uh, and you want to do something with a lobby or, or a conference room, to go visit Texture Home and talk to Christy. We have been talking with uh, Christy Kamarka, and she is proprietor of Texture Home and Old Farm. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, Alex. Great talking with you. Glad to have you here. Thank you for listening every week. We'll have more for you next Saturday.